Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging field of data science. We bring the best minds in data, software engineering, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Now here are your hosts, Frank Lavinia and Andy Leonard. Hello and welcome back to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, machine learning and artificial intelligence. If you like to think of data as the new oil, then you can consider us Car Talk, because we focus on where the rubber meets the virtual road. And with me on this epic road trip down the information superhighway is everyone's favorite chief data engineer, Andy Leonard. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing well, Frank. How are you? I'm doing all right. I had to work hard to remember your new title. Yeah, it's tricky. Sorry about <laughs> it's that. all right. Uh, I wanted to say chief data evangelist, um, but uh, it's close. Engineer, I think, is better. Um, yeah, I think so. So, so what's new with you? Oh gosh, I've been home this week, which has been kind of nice. You mean your actual um, house after all that travel? Yes, wow. in the actual house. Yeah, I've got a couple of little projects I need to do around here. I got a couple knocked out. Um. I don't know how this is when you travel, Frank, uh, but when I travel, it seems like things break at the house. <laughs> um, so. Things for me usually break just before I leave. That's that's even worse. Yeah. And I did have a couple of things happen similar to that. Uh, but no, back home in Farmville, um, the weather's cooling off here. It's that time of year. We're recording in um, mid-November uh, 2017. And, it, you know, Things are pretty normal around here. How, how about at your place? How are I'm you doing? doing? All right. Uh, we, uh, we, we're doing a project now where we're adding cabinets to uh, the upstairs laundry room, um, which, nice. you know, if, if you don't know, we, we do a lot of home improvement work, uh, usually around this time of year. Um, mm. I don't know why. It just happens to be that way. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we um, uh, I had a good segue there, but I totally lost it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Um, yeah, so we, uh, it's getting cool here. I'm up in, in the D.C. area, and um, it's actually kind of – it was kind of weird. We had kind of a late kind of uh, summer, and it was kind of warm up until a couple of days ago, and then bam, it's, um, it's cold. I was going to say, I think this year it really was a throwing of the switch. I don't know what's going on. today. This year has been very strange in, in more ways than one. Uh, and you actually said something that was just very shocking just now. You know what that was? What was Mid-November that? Mid-November 2017. Yeah. Can you believe it's already mid-November of 2017? I, I just got used to writing 2017 on my chest. <laughs> I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's it's early November. And I'm like, oh, no, it's actually mid-November. Yeah, we're coming up on the holidays. Um, I love this time of year because of that. It's, you know, the weather, the, um, the holidays, I, you know, what's not right. There's snow, there's, 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 uh, Christmassy type things and pumpkin spice latte, um, <laughs> all that good stuff. Um, well, you know, speaking of that and the weather, uh, I know that our guest today, uh, lives in, in Wisconsin and I know she grew up around Madison, but she, she now resides in Milwaukee. She has some really interesting work history on her LinkedIn profile. 
Uh, she's done some SAP contracting for Harley Davidson. Um, and she's done some work out in Cupertino for this little software company out there. You may have heard of them, Frank. Is that the one that makes uh, um, the iThings? Yes, the iThings, <laughs> the, the Apple itself. And, um, and Kira now works at, uh, at Kohl's on the technology team there in product management. Uh, she focuses on analytics and uh, does that throughout the enterprise. But the reason that I ran into her, how I met her, was her, her I guess, her other gig, her moonlighting gig. And at night and on weekends, she works on growing this really cool thing called Girls and Data. So with that, Carol, we'd like to welcome you to Data Driven. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Frank and Andy, for having me. Um, that's correct. I have quite an interesting history, and I did meet Andy through my Girls and Data workshop, which we had in Charlotte for SQL Saturday Charlotte um, on October 14th. So thanks for having me. Cool. Thanks for joining us on the show. And I understand Andy uh, had his uh, his youngest daughter go through the program. Uh, yep, that's true. Emma went through and she had nothing but great things to say about what she learned. Uh, she had a fantastic time there with you, Kira, and with Mindy Kernett and your other volunteers. Oh, Emma was fabulous. She was so eager to learn. Um, I think a lot of times we get young women that aren't really sure about what the class is or the workshop, but they're still really interested because STEM education is so big. But Emma jumped right in. She knew what was going on. I think she could be um, our ambassador. She could also be a volunteer if we're in Virginia. Um, she was great. So do, do you have her billing yet, Andy? I know that was something you mentioned. on. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but, you know, she picked up an awful lot of Tableau, and I know that's what you use as a platform there. And um, she was very excited about it. She's uh, she still got her USB stick, and she's on me about getting Tableau set up, the, uh, the free edition set up, so she can continue working on her dashboard. So I've been guilty of not helping her with that yet, and it's been almost a month. I'm being a bad dad, but um, I need to help her uh, get set up with that. But I'll, I peeked down a couple of times um, while you were doing that just to make sure, as, as dads of daughters are apt to do. I uh, came in and looked through the glass there, and I saw her. She was dragging around boxes, and she had graphs going, and it looked really interesting. And I told her at the end, she knows more about Tableau than I do. <laughs> I know, I know. SQL Saturday is technically a Microsoft um, a Microsoft event, but we did use Tableau. We use Tableau Public because it's free. And um, honestly, one of the things I do love about it is that it's easy for the girls to get up and running. And so it takes the having to learn the software part out of it because ultimately... Um, the tool is a tool, but we want to teach them the concepts and we want to teach them about data analytics and not necessarily about the platform at this point. That makes a lot of sense. And um, Power BI can be as easy as it is. And as much as we love Power BI, there's some, it's still kind of hard to set, you know, know when Power BI desktop ends and where Power BI, the service begins. And there's a whole lot of, machinations you have to do to get Power BI the service set up and have a tenant and all that. So I totally get that you, you use Tableau. Plus, isn't Tableau kind of the, the standard for data visualization, kind of outside the Microsoft ecosystem? 
I would say that's probably the case in my um, analytics and visualization consulting. It's been mostly Tableau, business objects, and Power BI, I would say, um, is what I've seen. In that order or just randomly? I would say randomly. in that order. No, that's mm -hmm. probably the correct order. Interesting. So um, I saw that you, you, you've had a pretty, I mean, if I saw your LinkedIn profile, you, you have a very interesting thing. You, you, you worked at uh, Harley Davidson uh, for a while. And uh, so what did you do there? There I was a contractor. I was working in their um, SAP functional space and basically doing um, the release management meetings every week for their global change management and release um releases into production. So it was really interesting because at that point I was really just looking for experience and um, coming out of my master's in information systems, I wasn't a hundred percent sure how to get into data, but I knew I wanted to be in data. Um, and I thought that could be a good way to get some exposure since SAP does have the business objects platform. Um, I ended up not getting that experience, but still getting other great experience because anybody knows that you still need change and release management regardless of whether it's SAP, um, you know, data changes, anything needs that kind of change management. So is it true that SAP stands for Say a Prayer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is the SAP way. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at a very large German chemical company when then everything was tied into SAP. Uh, I mean, everything. If you want to order staples uh, for your stapler for your desk, you needed to go through SAP. And it was just, yeah, it was, it, 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 it's not a trivial product uh, to implement. Although I, I would imagine by now they've kind of fixed a lot of those things, but um yeah, it's it's definitely something that's very fascinating, uh, probably to work on. It is very involved. Is yeah. a good way. That's to a good word for it. it. That is a, that's a great word for it. Involved. Yeah, my experience with SAP and a customer was, uh, you know, they kind of walked out of it thinking uh, after a big. They shifted to SAP, and they came away from that experience saying. You know, we can run our business any way we'd like using SAP as long as we're a German company doing manufacturing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just seems to push people into that mold. I, I remember. Um, go ahead. Frank. Now, I don't know that it's a bad mold. Oh, for manufacturing, it's probably a very, very good mold. But I, I remember um, uh, I worked for... I actually speak German, so like you know, a lot of the terms in, in some of the things are very weird translations of the German words. And I know the way that they break down kind of finance and accounting is different um, in different modules. I mean, it's all very Germanic. Um, I actually, what's funny about that is I interviewed with SAP in Newtown Square, um, and the entire thing was just very German down to the interview <laughs> down to walking into the room like everything about that company is just very german so i agree that if you're a german manufacturing company you will probably have no issues whatsoever <laughs> they they actually have their headquarters i think uh in or near heidelberg germany um so 
I know that they always use that as a um, uh, as a recruiting thing. Like, hey, you can live near Heidelberg. <laughs> Is there a lot of good stuff there? I've never been. It's very touristy. It's very. Um, I think there's a movie based in, in Heidelberg, and I remember going there because it was uh, about an hour south of where I used to live, and it was just. It was is probably the best way to describe it. I know we're going to get some hate mail on this, but it's a German tourist trap. Like it's very like, you know, it's just very touristy. That's probably the best way to describe it. I don't know, Frank, if we'll get hate mail on that or not. I mean, it's not like the United States isn't filled. Exactly. With exactly. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No, it, it it was a fun place. I didn't like. Apparently, my, I know when when I lived there, my mom wanted to go there. She always wanted to go to Heidelberg, and like you know, this is a whole there's a whole thing. I think it's like the I don't know. I'll have to put it in the show notes exactly what movie we're referring to, but um, it's very quaint. That's probably a better word for it. <laughs> yes. That's a nice word. Back to data. Well, Carol, sorry, I go have ahead, a- Andy. <laughs> That's right. I have a question for you, Carol. Um, So you mentioned um, working at Harley-Davidson. That sounded like one of your first jobs right out of school or at least right out of finishing your master's. Um, How did you find your way into data? And would you say you found data or data found you? I would say data found me. So, yeah, I have a very interesting background I grew up with computers. Actually, my dad was a programmer at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and he exposed me to technology at a very young age. Um, I had my first computer when I was five, and while I don't remember, you know, the specifics, I do remember, like, writing basic code with my dad and making the screen change color and just little things like that. I mean, I was always around technology, but for some reason, it never really occurred to me to go into a technology career. Um, from the start, and I'm not sure why. And then, so during my undergrad, um, I studied social psychology, and I got into research, and I just love to ask questions, which is something that is like a love, people have a love-hate relationship, because I'm always asking questions. But I ended up finding my way into teaching after that. Um, And so my master's in education ultimately led me to teach high school math. Um, but a couple of years into teaching, I realized that, you know, I really enjoyed it and I really loved the students, but I honestly just didn't have the fire for it. That was going to keep me going for years and years and years. And that's when I decided to become a career changer. Um, and so I pursued the master's in information systems, which is what I was working on when I was doing some work at Apple and doing some work at Harley-Davidson. And then through that program, I took some SAP courses. And then also I took different data management and BI classes. And to be honest, I had never really considered or knew about going into data as a career until I think my third semester into a three-year program. And then I just fell in love with it. And I think it's because I just love to ask questions. And so um, being in analytics is is perfect for me. Um, but that's how I knew I, I guess I was in the right field as I just couldn't stop asking questions. Interesting. I see, on, uh, I see that you went from being kind of a, a QA tester to data. Um, is that how you kind of got into your first break into, uh, technology was, was QA testing? Yes, it is. 
Um, and so at Apple, I was working in um, the retail or field services area in the retail store. And I was working on the small to medium business channel. Um, and so Apple does this wonderful thing where they do QA through their field services for certain products um, because those people are the closest to the end users. So it makes sense that we would understand um, how to do the user acceptance testing for that. So I had applied to do this program in Cupertino and work on project there and I was accepted and that's how I got into the QA area. Interesting. And I think you also mentioned something that was very, I think, key uh, is that you were exposed to computers at a young age. Um, what when you change the screen colors? What computer? What type of computer was it? I, I have to know. Oh gosh, a, a TI ninety nine. TI nice. Oh god, TI ninety nine. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, I have. I still have the Qbert and the Burger Time cartridges. I want to believe it's a ninety nine. Nice. Those are that burger time is not a phrase I've heard in such a long time. I think there's a that was a fun little game. And for the millennials listening, just look it up on Wikipedia. Um, But uh, no, I think that's key to expose kids to technology at an early age. I I was a bit older when I first got my computer. I got a Commodore 64 uh, when I was about 11. And um, that machine. The Commodore 64, the, the TI-99 or the TI series, and probably the what, the, the, the TRS-80, the Trash-80, um, probably launched virtually every, not every, but I mean a lot. Of this, it, these are the machines that launched, you know, thousands of careers. Yeah, they definitely did, uh, Frank. I, I actually started on a Southwest Technical Products M6800. Oh, I, well, I don't know what that yeah. is. So that was... <laughs> Yeah, that's build your own stuff, you know, like Heathkit. Well, my neighbor was uh, retired from the Air Force, and and he worked on the Air Force counterpart, I believe, to NASA. Uh, super smart engineer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, had uh, had mercy on me and shared. I think that's a good segue into some of the, the, the big projects you're probably working on is the Girls Plus Data um and you know was that what inspired you was the fact that you you kind of had an early exposure to technology but you kind of you know i guess deviated from technology then you found it and you kind of found it as your as your true calling is that is that what inspired you or, or what inspired you so as somebody who is a career changer from education one of the things i really loved about education is helping my students see that aha moment where they might not um, understand something they might be struggling with something but then they get there and they're like okay that was awesome um and so that was i think what kept me going in those early years of teaching where i just wasn't sure um and so then i came over to technology and technology is huge and you know, when I reflect about how I really didn't know about data analytics as a career, and clearly you two have um, both been in, you know, data for so long that it's it's something that exists, but isn't really, I wouldn't say it's something that's well known. And so because I love data so much, I took um, just my passion for this and my passion for teaching and did this um, small community workshop at a school here in the Milwaukee area. 
And I didn't realize that it would be, honestly, I didn't realize it would be so popular. But the reason why it's popular is because people push code.org, computer science, robotics, and those things are fabulous and they're needed. But there's such, um, there's such a wide variety of different technologies that, that people can learn that I think um, Girls Plus Data is really interesting to a lot of people because they don't know about it. Right. And I think the importance of data in terms of the economy, I don't think was immediately obvious. I mean, I, 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 Andy tried to convert me to a data person, you know, 10, 12 years ago, but, um, I was, I, I thought of myself as a software engineer and I, and I wanted no part of being the DBA. Uh, <laughs> and, um, much love to all my DBA friends out there. Um, but I, I you know, <laughs> There's, there's, I think you hit the nail on the head, Kira, was that, you know, technology is a huge field. Like, you know, code.org, yes, they do wonderful work, but I think there's a push to get people to write code. And that's a good thing. I think everyone should at least try it once um, and see if they like it. But I think the technology industry itself is just such a vast category now. It's not just, you know, slinging code. I mean, there's data analytics, as you, you found out. There's kind of, you know, hardware side of things. And I think it's important to have kids exposed to the different facets of a career in technology. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, whether or not that's robotics or it's computer science, I know there are young women that come and they say um, they're not that interested in coming back. And, you know, I know it sounds like a humble brag. There's not that many of them, but that's okay. To me, it's more important that they came and they learned something. So they're better off than when they walked in the door. And what they learned was that this wasn't for them, but they had the option. Right, right. It's kind of try your vegetables. Yes. Um, you know, because when I was a kid, I was I was actively discouraged from becoming one of those weird computer people, you know. <laughs> um, you know, because I remember, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, they were in the basement, they're weird and 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 stuff like that and then hey frank frank i'm right here <laughs> my home office is in my basement so but um i i and it was just it's just kind of interesting how that that's kind of changed i think i think in some ways we've gone too far in the other direction uh because in my previous role at microsoft you know we were very involved in kind of you know teach kids how to code and i think it's kind of you know, oh, I, I forget who it was, whether it was Zuckerberg or Bill Gates, where everyone should learn how to code. And I was, you know, I, I'm, I'm more of the, the kind of the middle of the road guy where that says, you know, maybe it's best you try it. Maybe you like broccoli. I don't know. Maybe you don't. But you don't know until you try. And I think that's a uh, I, I really like that attitude of, you know, you know what? So what? If somebody comes, they, they don't like it. You know what? They tried. They, they know they don't like broccoli now, so to speak. And I'd rather them have that, um, that, that experience and the ability to choose than to walk away um, from, you know, a, a different workshop that only focuses on programming and be like, I don't want to be a programmer. And that's where the, you know, the interest in technology careers stops, right? Um, right, so, right. And I encourage, the, you know, I try to incentivize and encourage the girls, please be honest with your feedback. It can only get better. And a lot of times, um, which is one of the reasons why I really love, love the younger group, 
they um they have no shame in those surveys. <laughs> they will be really <laughs> honest with you. And so I just love looking back and saying, okay, this is really what we can do better, right? Because um, they're kind of fearless in that. So what age of kids do you work with typically? The focus is 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Um, we've had a lot of interest in high school. And I've also had some younger girls around 5th um, grade come into the workshop. And they've really been successful. Um, we don't really discriminate against people that are outside of that age group, but ultimately that's the age group that the content is targeted at. So we just kind of throw that disclaimer on there. Hey, you're welcome to come, but the, you know, the content is targeted towards middle school girls. Right. Um, so where have you, you've given these, um, um, seminars i don't know is that the right word um workshops sure. yeah so they're hands-on workshops oh. um we did one in the milwaukee area which was our first one and then after that things really blew up literally um i got a ton of requests that's how i met mindy Kurnat, who is absolutely fabulous by the way um and she's like hey i want to bring this to dallas so I said, okay. And I thought that would be a great place to expand. I have this person who's really excited who understands the mission and what we're trying to do. So we went to Dallas and we did two workshops in Dallas. And then um, Rafael Salas from Charlotte SQL Server um, Group, he saw what we're doing. He's like, hey, I want to get you to Charlotte. And so we ended up going to Charlotte and we did two more workshops there, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Right now, we have a really full pipeline. I know when Mindy came on, I was forwarding her all these emails. I'm like, please help. Please help me. Um, and she's like, we need CRM. And I'm like, I know. And so I think next up is going to be Dallas again. Um, we have a lot of interest there and a school system there that is hoping to bring us to their school system. We've had interest in Atlanta, in Reston, Virginia, by someone else in the SQL family. Um, somebody from Albany, I saw, filled out the form. So there's a, a lot of interest, a bunch of California requests. So who knows? Um, I've heard there's a SQL server cruise, though, and maybe that's the one I want to get on. SQL cruise? <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Um, but so, I mean, I don't know exactly. It's, you know, things are slowing down in the schools. I'm not sure where we're going to be next. Interesting. So have you noticed any patterns um, based on, on kind of so far that you've seen that you can kind of do analytics on your on your on your classes? Like, you know, what what have you seen? Um, so I've seen a lot of times when you have groups from school that they come and they have more fun. They talk about it. They're engaged a little bit more. And I think it's because they can um, kind of lean on each other. So not that it's required to bring a friend, but we've seen um, lots of participation in larger groups. Also, um, I have noticed that the girls that have parents in technology um, tend to be a little bit more fearless in the workshop. Um, and I think that might be the exposure to it, but by the end of the workshop, everyone is still about the same, um, as far as their comfort level. So I like that. Um, my worst, my worst fear would be that someone comes in and they're afraid and then they're afraid when they leave, you know? 
So, but in general, I think that age group is pretty fearless. So it's good for, they don't know to be afraid. Yeah, yet. they don't. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I've done training for adults and a lot of times they're like, where do I click? I don't want to break anything. And like, you can't break it. Nothing you can do cannot be undone. And kids will be, I mean, you should have seen some of the dashboards that we had at the last one, um, like in the Emma's group and the afternoon group. I mean, the panda socks dashboards, unicorn teeth. Like it was amazing. I mean, they just took off. <laughs> They were so fabulous. I love the name. Panda socks, unicorn t-shirts. I love that. Yeah, the creativity. And that's how I knew they really had a good time, right? Because we're like, okay, let's add an image. And they're like, this one's about panda socks. And I felt like things kind of came full circle when they were labeling it and putting the images on their dashboard. That's cool. That's cool. That is so cool. So has anyone reached out to you from uh, Richmond SQL Not Saturday? Richmond. Hmm. I heard uh, I'm, I'm actually connected with that. So uh, I thought someone was going to reach out to you. So maybe we'll talk right, after the interview. I'm making a note right now. <laughs> Andy will have to bust some heads. March 24th. <laughs> <laughs> They are, uh, the team is incredibly, incredibly busy. And uh, Wayne Sheffield has been leading that crew for the past few years. He does a fantastic job. So I know that uh, if they haven't reached out to you, it came up. I don't know if they uh, if they were planning on it or not, but uh, I'd love to have you come to Richmond. If you um, that would be in. great. It'd be fantastic, I think. So they, um, I, I think we've covered a lot of what's your favorite part of your current gig, talking right. about Girls Plus Data. <laughs> um, so I'll move down to the next question. We have uh, a handful of complete this sentence. And so the first one is, when I'm not working, I enjoy... Oh, gosh. So right now, that's such a loaded question. I'm like, I'm so busy. Sometimes I feel like I'm too busy, but I really, otherwise I get bored. So outside of Kohl's, we've been talking about how I work on Girls girls Plus Data with Mindy Kernot. Um And then in my personal life, I'm a distance runner. So when I'm training for a race, I tend to enjoy running, sleeping, and eating. Um, and when I'm not training for a race... Uh, and I'm not working. I really enjoy being with my husband, Paul, and we have two dogs, um, uh, a really great circle of friends. I do a lot of volunteer work. Um, so like I'm a girls on the run coach because I just feel really passionate about running. Um, and then I guess just running for, for leisure and not necessarily training for a race. That's very interesting. I think uh, I, I sense a pattern. Uh, with uh, Girls Plus Data and and the other group you just mentioned. So you're doing it all, Girls on a Run. Um, so it seems like you do a lot of volunteer work around helping young ladies, uh, I guess, mature or perhaps, you know, gain experience that they I may not otherwise. I would say that's true. Um, you know, it's especially maybe because I, in technology, I'm always surrounded by men. Um, so... I think building self-esteem through a variety of different channels and then promoting these different areas of growth, um, you know, through running, whether it's through running or it's through hands-on tech workshops. I think you could get skill development across the board. And, um, you know, honestly, role, female role models are needed in all of those. 
Very cool. Very cool. So our next complete this sentence is I think the coolest thing in technology today is... Tech, I don't mean to sound cliche, but technology is literally changing the world everywhere you look. Um, from, from using FaceTime to connect to somebody across the world, to using data analytics to analyze just about anything you can think of, um, to teaching hands-on workshops to young people, you know, boys or girls. You know, sometimes I'm really concerned about how much control technology has on people's attention spans and lives. But then I think about how you can do cool things like use crowdsourcing to ask that people donate to clean water for countries that don't have it. And then I have a change of heart. So like anything, moderation is key, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that I watch my sons um their relationship with technology and it's kind of it's kind of a mixed blessing you know like if we if he has a math question my older one has a math question we can look it up or a science question we can look it up immediately you know there there's no going to the library so to speak but there's also kind of like the whole like you know they don't want them always glued to their screens either mm-hmm. um so here's another question um, it's another complete the sentence. Uh, I look forward to the day when I can use technology to blank. Okay. So I think that the first most practical one is going to be, I look forward to the day when I can use technology to get me ready for work. Um, I don't think my sense of urgency kicks in until about seven thirty, So I struggle a little bit to get out the door, but then I feel like I'm on fire. So if I had a robot that could help me get all ready and then get out the door, that would be great. Um, <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> but then otherwise, I would love to take vacations using virtual reality. Um, so it'd be awesome if I could like, you know, take a one week vacation, strap on some virtual reality, get up and then be completely immersed in the culture and the experience of touring these places, um, you know, especially in less accessible countries. Right, right. I actually, for the first time, tried out uh, some of the new stuff, uh, the VR stuff at the Microsoft Store this weekend, and I, I did the landing on Mars thing. That was really cool. Do you recommend that I go by the Microsoft? I am an Apple girl, but I, if it's you know, if it's cool, I still want to do it. This gear was actually Samsung gear, oh. um, and it was the they they had they had like four or five things, but. Um, I recommend the Samsung gear because this is the this was the one it was the it was the most expensive one, but it was four ninety nine. So in the scheme of VR, that's actually not a lot. Um, but I mean, it had the integrated audio, so like you, you know, it had like the the earphones built in, and uh, so it was really cool. So like you know, as you turned your head, you know, the noise of the engine and stuff like that went with it. So it really added an extra level of of realism. And, uh, it, it was, it was very cool. I, I, I've kind of, uh, had issued kind of the whole VR thing. Cause I'm, I'm not a long time ago. I did some VR stuff with uh, Adobe atmosphere and things like that. And I'd seen kind of it rise and then fall a couple of times. So I was like, well, I'm not going to waste any mental resources on learning this, but this time I think it might actually stick. I'm going to go check it out. I better, I have to like go. When nobody can see me from the Apple store. Oh, at the Microsoft store. The Microsoft store <laughs> with my Samsung VR headset on. Like, I don't know anybody. 
you'll have to get a uh, disguise or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Maybe I can get like a And the Microsoft stores. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I, I can see you. Go ahead. No, I can see you now with the Groucho glasses uh-huh. and the mustache <laughs> and the VR headset on. <laughs> okay. We need a picture um, of that, Carol. Since, since my morning class, it's equal Saturday, it taught me how to use um Instagram to take filter selfies. I'll definitely have to apply those skills. Oh, there you go. And they always put the Microsoft stores like within sight line of the Apple stores, which would complicate things for you. Very high way. risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a complete coincidence. Must be. Must be. That's my theory. <laughs> that's funny. I think it is pretty close, but the one at the mall nearest to me is is down a little bit, so I should be fine. But I'm willing to absorb that risk because I like you too. Oh well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, we have um, uh, a kind of a last question that we ask folks: uh, share something different about yourself. But we remind all of our guests that it's a family podcast. So I think I'll go back to running. Um, so I mentioned that I was a distance runner and I just ran the Chicago Marathon this year. And I've not always been a runner. I'm not a lifelong runner, unlike most distance runners. Um, in fact, I really hated running until about 2013. I started running in 2012 and I really hated it until 2013. But people kept saying, stick with it, stick with it. Something will click. And it eventually did. But um, and this is probably why I really believe in girls on the run. But running has provided me with so much skill development um, that really transfers to other areas of my life. And then I think I can attribute that to a lot of successes over the last five years. I mean, you know, the mental fortitude, um, really extreme resilience, because when you're running, you never know what kind of run you're going to have. And then just the ability to calm my mind, which in some situations, especially as a consultant, you don't know what you're dealing with. So, um, and I think that is why I believe in the Girls on the Run program too. But I would say that probably is what sets me apart from other like runners is that I just recently started running. Interesting. And you probably it probably gives you time to focus too, which is something that's also harder to do in our modern world. It does. And it also prevents me from working. So a lot of times I'll say, okay, I'm just going to take the night off. I'm not going to do anything. But then it's so close. I'll just kind of sneak into my home office. But when you're running, you literally cannot do anything but run. Um, and so it is, it's really good discipline. Interesting. We actually, uh, it was actually not entirely true. We actually do have one last question. Actually, two last questions. Uh, one is, where do fe- people find out more about uh, you and what you're doing with uh, Girls Plus Data? We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as at Girls and Data. So that's Girls and Data. And then our web presence is girlsanddata.org. Awesome. Good to know. And what I think will be our last question, uh, unless there's a follow-up, is uh, do you listen to audiobooks? And if you do, is there a recommend, recommended book that you would like to recommend to our listeners? doesn't have to be technology-related. 
Oh, I don't listen to audiobooks. I usually have. Okay. I've like intended to listen to them. And then I think I <laughs> like, I just, what happened is I, I tried to listen to one several years ago while I was working and I got to about chapter one and a half and don't remember anything. But then it was like, oh, this is the end of the audiobook. I'm like, okay. So I realized that wasn't very good <laughs> and I just stopped trying. I've only gotten into audiobooks maybe like six months ago. So, um, and, and that was after trying to, but anyway, <laughs> uh, what about a regular, what about a regular good old fashioned, uh, print on dead trees or Kindle type thing? Any recommendations? Um, oh gosh. Well, I, I just started reading the Harry Potter series on request of my cousin. So that's the best I got. Oh, cool. Um, I've made it to the second book. And they're fabulous. Oh, so cool. I don't know why I didn't do it sooner. But if you haven't read them, you should read them. Awesome. Actually, there is a follow-on question. What do you, what do they call the, the kids who are in the school to become wizards? They're not quite wizards yet. This came up last week. Oh, I don't know. Was that in the book? Oh, okay. My wizard guess was wizard okay. ants. Wizard Edge, yes. <laughs> or Wizard know. Cadets, I don't know. It was a bad... Yeah. I... yeah it could, could uh, yes. In, yeah. in the Naval Academy, they call them midshipmen, maybe like mid-wizardmen. I don't know. I'm really reaching <laughs> for that. Thanks for the laugh. Do you know? Is this, a, is this a trick question? Was it in the book? Should I have remembered this? No, 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 no. This came up because we were talking about... Uh, what were we talking about? I... <laughs> So, sometimes when it's just Andy and I talking, it goes a bit of stream of consciousness. <laughs> and um, uh, we were talking about basically, uh, I said something about Patience Grasshopper, which I think anyone under a certain age may not get that reference. And then Andy's like, well, if you're if you're a millennial, it's Padawan. Then uh, you're basically an apprentice. Uh, and then I said, yeah, or if, and then I was like, or if you're into the Pyre Potter thing, it would be, and then I was like, you know, come to think of it, I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't so. – it doesn't stand – Sorry. Sorry to take you – I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'll ask my cousin. She has this archive of Harry Potter trivia. Oh, okay. So she'll be good to know. We, and I heartily apologize for uh, interrupting you. And I also heartily apologize for taking you on this uh, stream <laughs> of consciousness. No, detail. totally sorry fine. About that. <laughs> um. And is there any podcast you listen to or you're, you, you, I think the correct answer is data driven. Oh, awesome. I didn't know. I said that, that on my own, but I have but, been listening uh, to it. Um, <laughs> I haven't listened to it. So awesome. Thanks for it. And thanks for having me on it. It's, I love how it's very unscripted. Thank you. And for those of you listeners out there, uh, we have audible as a sponsor, which kind of, uh, led us into our uh, audiobook segment. Um, and if you go to thedatadrivenbook.com, is that correct, Andy? Yes. Uh, you can get a free audiobook uh, basically as a thank you to our uh, listeners. And uh, if you sign up then with Audible subscription program, then um, Audible gives us a nice little, little fee uh, as an appreciation, uh, as being a sponsor for the show. And I don't know how much it is, but maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to get a nice latte out of the deal. I think so. That'd be cool. And you know, 
while you were doing that, I went on mute so you wouldn't hear me banging on my really loud keyboard here. And I looked up, is there a single word to describe a young wizard? And I found uh, some notes on it. So, the, And I know you're thinking of a word, Frank, you just can't remember it. And the word that I found is novitiate, N-O-V-I-T-I-A-T-E, novitiate, novitiate. Was no. It? Is that it? <laughs> no. Okay. So they have Wizards Apprentice, which is what we said. Yeah, that's uh, that's what the Mickey Mouse cartoon is, right? The Wizards Apprentice or something I, like I that? I think so, yeah. And Fantasia? It was Fantasia, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Again, Kira, um, sorry for taking you on this tour of the studio of consciousness. I always tell my wife that uh, I live on a waterfront property, uh, you know, right off the stream of consciousness. It's a fabulous place to be. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> so with that, we'll let the British lady close out the show and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. Don't just listen, become a data driver by going to datadriven.tv to sign up to join the community, access to special events, tips and tricks, and more. Sign up today at datadriven.tv.